This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com is the only official home of Swamp Boys Genetics. SeedsHereNow.com also offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including Aficionado Genetics, TH Seeds, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 644 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to answer a couple of emails and a couple of Patreon questions. Before we get there, let's do a few shout-outs to a few of those fine folks who support us on Patreon. Let's start off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout-out to my friend Zaxon Snowden. Let's send a thank you shout out to JT Grows and Levity Love Day. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Alabama Man and Glenn Geroni. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Gramps Memel and Single T. I want to send a thank you shout out to Trium Up and Dank Grows. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Guido and Mister. And then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend, The Canacrat. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. And of course, I did include a link in the show notes and the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. You know the slogan, if you're driving, if you're working, if you're trimming, don't take off your gloves, don't crash the car, don't get in trouble at work to support me on Patreon. The link will be right there when you're ready. Patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. By the way, if you're listening to this at the grow, if you're working, make sure the rest of the crew is listening too. introduce the gang to the grow from your heart podcast, make everybody a better grower, uh, get everybody on the same team, share the show with your friends. All right. So I've been asked a couple of questions lately that we're going to start the show off here. Um, I get a lot of questions saying, Hey, where can I find either your seeds, your clones, your flowers, or some sort of Irie genetics products in dispensaries? Uh, Maybe I should give you a little recap. Maybe not everybody knows. Not only am I the host of the Grow From Your Heart podcast, I am also the uh, owner, founder, sole proprietor, uh, the head motherfucker in charge of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. So I do run Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. A lot of people see my Instagram posts, my social media posts. They want my flowers, they want clones, and they want my seeds. So they ask, where do I get that stuff in Colorado? Uh, Unfortunately, Uh, Once I sell the seeds, I don't know where they go. So I don't know what dispensary is growing my seeds, my strains, my clones. I don't know. I don't monitor the seeds. I don't track the clones. I don't know where that stuff goes. I don't know exactly what dispensary will have what products in stock on the shelf at any time. I do know there are several uh, commercial, recreational, and medical dispensaries throughout Colorado that do have Uh, my clones, my plants in their grows, but I can't promise you when it will be on the shelf. They've got to grow it. They've got to harvest it, dry it, cure it, manifest it, transfer it over the store. It's got to be on the shelf. It's got to be there when you get there. I really have no way of knowing 
what happened. That's just, it's their product. Once they've got the seeds, it is theirs. Once you guys have purchased the seeds, uh, you can ask me questions about how to grow it and whatnot, but those are your seeds. You can do whatever you want with them. And yes, you do have my blessing to breed with the seeds that you get from me. Please do breed with them. Uh, in exchange, give me credit. When you list the genetics on your pack, at least put the proper strain name. And then maybe send me a 10 pack of something if you bred something cool. But um, I'm not sure where to get flowers or clones of my genetics in dispensaries in Colorado. Also, you cannot get my seeds in anywhere in Colorado just because of the way that Colorado law is set up. Uh, there are some boundaries there. I do recommend the online vendors for seeds. Check out my website, iregenetics.com. Uh, that will give you a link to approximately seven vendors on there. We will be adding more uh, shortly. I'm just updating, checking emails, getting all that stuff caught up, seeing what I can handle, honestly. I don't want to promise too many vendors things that I cannot send to them. So the seeds are available on the internet. You've got to go to iregenetics.com, maybe seedsherenow.com, uh, maybe dankseed.store. There are a lot of different options. My website has a big list. Uh, they will all have different stuff in stock. They'll be doing different deals, different pricing. That is all up to them. They run their business how they would like, but their websites are all linked up to my website. So the seeds, you can get them on the website. Clones and flowers. I do not know where to tell you to get clones or flowers or finished product. I will not ship you anything. I will not mail you anything. I will not meet you anywhere for anything. You've got to use the apps that are available to shop the dispensaries. There are a couple of apps you can use. I'm not sure what you like the best. Use the one you're using. Type in a strain name. Look for a dispensary where you are or where you're going or in that area and see if it is available. I know that randomly, I don't endorse any specific dispensary. I just happen to know that occasionally, randomly, a place called Trenchtown has a couple of iRegenetic strains. Call before you drive. Uh, they may not even tell you anything on the phone. You may have to check out the website or something. Uh, they don't know that you're 21. So when you call the dispensary and you say, do you have this product? And they say, we can't tell you over the phone. That's because you've got to be 21 to shop in the dispensary and they don't want to tell you anything. If you're not 21, they're trying to protect themselves. So don't think they're being a dick. Don't think they're being mean to you. Uh, we're trying to keep our licenses. It costs a million bucks for that license. We're not going to give it away by giving dumb information over the phone. So don't feel like they're uh, being disrespectful. They're trying to cover their own ass. You may have to check a website. You may have to go there. So Trenchtown in Denver uh, sometimes carries my products, not my products, my strains. They have acquired either seeds or clones. I had nothing to do with it after that. They've grown it. They have done their stuff with it. Uh, so that may be on the shelf. They may have Lemon Jeffrey at Trenchtown in Denver. Uh, once again, check before you drive if you can. Kind Love sometimes has Lemon Jeffrey. It may be the same cut. They may be sharing the same cut between Trenchtown and Kind Love. Also, um, a long time ago, Three Rivers in Pueblo had a rise. I don't know if they've still got that. It may have been removed. It may have still be there. I don't know, honestly. But at one point in time, it was there. So check the website, check the apps, all those services before you go. Uh, there are other spots in Colorado that may have my stuff, but really, I don't know where to tell you to look. Uh, wherever you are, if you're in Michigan, I know my stuff is available there. If you're in New Mexico, uh, check out Organtica. They have got a lot of my products. If you are in New Mexico, check out Everest. Everest grew the shit out of some Arise. They won Best Sativa in the Chronicle magazine, uh, the Bud Bowl or something like that. So the Sativa... Uh, first place was Arise, grown by Everest. So check them out. That light is bugging my left eye. It's making my eye twitch. I may edit that part out. I may not. So if you're in New Mexico, check out Everest. They've got the Arise quite often. Um, I know that a lot of places across the country have got my product. So just do the research you can. Check the websites. Check the apps. Again, 
Don't rely on my advice because I'm telling you straight up, I can't promise you anything. I don't know. Uh, once It's like once I've sold the seed, I don't know where that seed goes. You can grow it and you can do whatever you want with it. And then you can take thousands of clones from one plant. So I don't know where all of those clones end up. I have no idea. All right. Now to uh, follow up on that a little bit, seedsherenow.com should have a restock very soon. By the time this episode drops, there should be a restock at seedsherenow.com. They were running very, very low on iReGenetics products. I apologize that we let them get that low. Uh, they were doing a website update. They were doing some inventory updates. We were kind of in a holding position. Uh, no more holding. We have got them a restock. By the time this episode comes out, everything should be on the website. Honestly, a lot of the stuff will be resold out and we will be restocking it again. We're going to do our best to keep the stock updated and in stock. Some things are honestly sold out. I have to make things. Uh, yeah, but we're going to do our best to keep things updated. I apologize for the low stock on seeds here. Now make sure you do use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at seeds here. Now that'll save you uh, 10%. That may save you the cost of shipping. If you're buying multiple packs, they may buy you another pack of seeds. So check out seedsherenow.com. They should have a restock. All right, now let's move forward to the main topics of today's podcast. This section of the show is brought to you by my friend, Billy Podunk. Big shout out to my buddy, Billy Podunk for always supporting the podcast. Thank you, bro. It's always good to see you in the Discord. I've got a couple of great messages here. I printed some stuff out. The first one came from our friend. They want their name said. We're going to say their name. This one came from Newbie Nugs. Big up to Newbie Nugs. We've got a couple of things in this message. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff, first of all, thank you for the amazing work you do, not only in your breeding, but also in the knowledge you share. Thank you. I appreciate that. I always say that those compliments are like recharge. Uh, it's like nutrients for my soul. So thank you. I appreciate it. Then it says, I have a question. Um, also says I've included a picture, but we don't know. We don't need the picture here because I can explain this. Uh, he explains the grow. It says I'm running auto flowers for this setup. I got a five by five. Uh, he does talk about the grow. He says, uh, so I filled this run with some bag appeal, red and purples. Now that I've been talking forever, let's get into the question and all the environmentals that you care about. I did skip some stuff there, but it says, this is an autoflower named Red Poison. It's from Sweet Seeds. I, it says, I know this breeder has many strains bred for the sole purpose of being red or purple. That's really cool. We've got a breeder breeding for the purpose of making a color. If you're breeding, have a purpose. If they're starting out looking for color, that's a great goal, a great purpose, great bag appeal that will make you stand out. Uh, if you set three bags of herb on the table and yours is fucking bright red or bright purple, someone's going to grab that. They're going to want to buy that shit. It gets attention. So you're hitting the bag appeal, uh, nailing that one right on the, or hitting that nail on the head. Then it says, these are almost five weeks old. And as I popped into the tent to make an update for YouTube, I see that two of these babies are pre-flowering. And I mean, they're just hitting pre-flowers. The pistols are barely poking out and the color is wild. And it's got exclamation points by the word color is wild. Now here's the question. It says, my question is, do you know what causes this or the reason that plants make colors and how it spreads into the veins of the leaves? I've had many purplish strains, but uh, this one looks like it is bleeding into the leaves fast. Is it a chlorophyll type of chemical? Uh, and then it says it could be genetic. And then he lists his environment, which uh, we don't need to go too much further because you've already answered the question yourself. It is uh, basically... Uh, similar to chlorophyll, but this is known as an anthocyan. I had to print that word out because I've been saying it wrong. I've just been calling it anthos because I wasn't sure how to say the last part because uh, I've never had to say it out loud before, honestly, until today. But what you're seeing is anthocyanin. Uh, it is basically the purple version of chlorophyll. It's the 
Chlorophyll is what makes the leaves green. Anthocyanin is what is making that purple reddish color. A lot of other uh, things have that pigment is what we're going to call it. Uh, carrots were actually purple when they first started. That's what gives beets that color, I think, from what I've read. Uh, they've got anthocyanin. Uh, it's blue, violet, or a red flavonoid pigment found in plants is the definition of that. So that's what you're seeing. Um, and it's easy, not easy. Uh, it's, uh, I guess it's easy to breed for that because it's visually uh, identifiable. When you're breeding, when you're growing plants, that is a very easy visual indicator to identify. Like potency, pest resistance, uh, hermaphroditism, those are all traits you've got to wait and find out for. Hermaphroditism, you will see that, but you got to wait. That orange, purple, different colors, that's a very visual thing. You can definitely breed for that. You can select for that, find those very early. Know if you're hitting your goal, find breeding plants. That is very cool. So that's a really cool goal. Um, he's hitting the goal if you're getting plants with that many colors. So that is a successful breeding project in my opinion. All right, newbie nugs, what you've got going on there is anthocyanin. Uh, they're hitting their goal. They bred for that red and purple color. It's popping up. That is exactly what you're seeing. Uh, thank you for the great question, bro. Thank you for the Patreon support. If you've got any more questions, I do look forward to hearing from you. All right, this one actually came from YouTube. I don't generally answer questions from the YouTube comments. I happen to notice this one. Uh, it's not that I'm ignoring the YouTube comments. There are just a lot of them. And as a uh, content uh, creator, we are taught not to read a lot of the comments because uh, the comments are fucking where all the savagery happens. The comments are where the savagery happens. That sentence wasn't as hard to say as it looked. Um, people aren't kind in the comments. People don't give a shit in the comments. So we don't read a lot of them because we just don't want to just why even delve into the negativity. But I saw this one pop up. I actually got the email and it says just like this. It's from our friend Big Mike from Canada. And it says, great show as usual. Uh, and it says, question. What are your smoke test processes once you have created a new strain? How long into curing it do you wait? Uh, do you have smoke testers? Do you test the flowers only or do the concentrates also? Do you wait for lab results? I would appreciate it if you could elaborate during a show for these important steps to choose for your keepers. Many thanks in advance. Keep up the great work. You can mention my name. I'm Big Mike from Canada. Big Mike from Canada. These are great questions. Uh, let's just get right to it. What are your smoke test processes once you've created a new strain? Uh, basically, chop it down, dry it, and cure it, and smoke it my favorite ways. Uh, I'd roll a fat joint of it, uh, pack a bowl of it, pack a bong load of it, then I'm going to smoke it. Um, how long into curing do you wait? Uh, generally, I dry it. Uh, I cure it for maybe a week, maybe two. I am not one of those guys that does the ridiculously long cure. I don't find it necessary to go a long time. The chemical process I'm looking for happened in about two weeks. That's all I need out of that. Then I start smoking it. Sometimes I don't wait that long. Um, do you have smoke testers? Yeah, everybody around here loves to be a smoke tester. All I have to do is say, hey, I got some new herb and the couches will be full. Uh, people will invite me over. I get really popular when they know that it is almost time to do some testing, uh, some phenotype selections. Yeah, I've got a crew. Um, shout out to the crew. They know who they are. Uh, by the way, Doug, I miss you, bro. We need to get you back on the smoke testing team. If you still watch the show, got to get you smoking again. Um, smoke testers. Yeah, shout out to all the test crew. They know who they are. Mike is one of the number one testers. Um, it's always up to me, though. I am, I'm the fucking head motherfucker in charge. If I decide that number six is the best and other people said that number three was the best, guess what? Number six is the winner because I'm the one that fucking, I'm, I've got the goal. I know the plan. So 
I also know that that plant's going to get bred to in the future, and I've got other ulterior motives. Anyway, uh, test crew. Yes, there is a test crew. Um, what's the next part? Do you test the flowers only or the concentrates? It depends on uh, the timing. If there's somebody around that can make concentrates for me, sometimes getting somebody to make some diamonds for me to make some sauce or batter is time-consuming, and it does. Uh, they do charge me for that. Sometimes it's not cost-effective. Sometimes there's not enough product to make it worth it. Sometimes I just grew a bunch of tiny, tiny plants, and we're just going to smoke the flowers and see because that's really what matters. If the flowers are no good, most of the customers are going to smoke it as a flower. When they buy seeds from me, most of them are only going to smoke as a flower. Only a small percentage of them will continue to make concentrates out of it. Um, I know most of what I make is going to make amazing concentrates just because the potency and the terps that I've chosen for my breeding palette always make great concentrates. So if it's available, if it's an option, I do have concentrates made. Do you wait for lab results? That's a good question. A lot of people are hyped up on lab results and I've started to care less and less about lab results. Um, I've never had a high pressure liquid chromatography machine buy seeds from me. I've never had a fucking lab device smoke weed with me and say that it was really good or really bad. I don't smoke weed with machines. I don't grow weed for test results. I grow weed for fucking human results, human consumers. That's who is going to smoke it. Humans are going to grow it. Humans are going to smoke it. I, I appreciate what the lab says, but I'd rather hear what you've got to say. I'd rather hear what Mike's got to say. I'd rather hear what Doug's got to say. Uh, I'd rather hear what everybody in the smoke circle's got to say about it compared to what a fucking machine has to say about it. The machines are awesome. The testing is cool. But what difference does it make if I smoke it, Mike smokes it, Kevin smokes it, fucking Matt smokes it, uh, everybody smokes it, and we all say that sample number three is the winner, but the lab tests show that sample number six has higher numbers. Who cares what the lab test said? We all enjoyed number three better. We're the humans that are going to be consuming it. I've never smoked a joint with a machine. Pretty sure I have. I'm pretty sure I fucking blew weed into a machine at the bowling alley when it wouldn't fucking work right one time. And it worked. It fixed that son of a bitch. But anyway, um, I don't worry too much about lab results and lab tests. I do love seeing a high number. It definitely, it works for marketing. I think the numbers are more for marketing. We put the numbers on there. People want to buy the seeds when they see a higher number. At the dispensary, people just straight up say, what's your concentrate with the highest THC? So those numbers are good for marketing, good for advertising. For me, it doesn't make a difference. I want um, I want more terps. If the number is super high in THC, then where do the terps go? We need to just lower the THC and put some terps in there for me, and I'll be okay. Um, there is more for this. I would appreciate it if you could elaborate on this during a show. I think I elaborated, bro, on these important steps for choosing keepers. Um, it, choosing keepers, it's a, a lot of it is the smoke report, but a lot of it is how does it grow? Uh, did it give me any problems, any stress during the grow? Do I think that it's got traits that it's going to pass on uh, in the offspring if I breed to it that are going to give you problems as a consumer? I want to make sure that you've got seeds that will be successful. A lot of my decision-making in selection is for you. Um, you may not be, the people purchasing the seeds may not be as experienced of a grower as myself. You may not have thousands of hours, thousands of crops under your belt. You may not be a commercial grower with resources and space and fucking money for products. This may be the only pack of seeds you can buy. This may be the first pack of seeds you bought. This may be your first and last run at growing weed if you're not successful. So I do my best to select plants that I know are going to make seeds that give you a good opportunity to grow. That's my main goal as a seed producer. I do breed stuff that you never get. 
uh, because it's kind of bred for me. That's my secret stash. I kind of know that if I put like uh, some Chem 91 and some old OG Kush shit together, there's an opportunity for intersex traits there. There's an opportunity for pain in the ass plants. That stuff won't go anywhere. That stays for me. But the stuff that I'm breeding for you that I know is going to be commercially viable, that I know I want to release to the masses, I make sure that it's going to be successful uh, for the very beginner grower. And then I know that the commercial grower, the pro grower, that my crew, my friends are going to kill it. They're going to hit the numbers. They're going to hit bonuses. Everyone's going to eat fat. We're going to get good concentrates. So that's what I put out as my commercial seed line. I know you're going to have success. Um, so that's a part of my selection for keepers. Then, uh, does it work well in my grow? Because I'm the one growing it. I got to keep it in my grow. Does it show me any problems? Um, does it breed well with other things? It's got to be able to breed well with multiple different crosses. Maybe can I reverse it? That also helps me select a keeper. As a breeder, I think my criteria for selecting keepers may be a little bit different than some people. Uh, a lot of people are just looking for smoke. A lot of people are looking for something that smokes well, smells good, looks good in the bag. And bottom line is, does it pay the bills? So that's we're, we're growing for different things. Our bottom line is a different thing. So my selection may be a little bit different. But as the breeder creating a product for you, I understand your main goal. So I think that helps a lot. Me understanding your goal, providing a product for you to hit your goal helps out a lot. So um, Giant Mike, that was a, a big Mike. That was a great question, bro. Thank you. Uh, thanks for listening up there in Canada. I do appreciate that. I'm making sure I answered all of your questions here. I hit all the points, the process, bro. Roll it up and smoke it. Uh, roll a fat joint because I want to taste the flavor. I want to taste the flavor down at the end. Smoke it in a bowl because generally if I'm smoking uh, weed around the house, uh, it's in a bowl because I like to pack a bowl and I just set it in my lap and I fucking hit it now and put it in my lap and walk around with it. And uh, if I don't have nothing to do for a couple of seconds, I just hit a bowl and then just carry it around. So I like to have weed in a pipe like that. Uh, if I don't have a lot of time, I'm getting kind of older now. I hate to admit it, but hitting a bong kind of hurts sometimes. But I like to take a big fat bong rip, get a lot of flavor, get a lot of experience from that flower in a big fat bong rip. And then of course, make some concentrates out of it. Um, how long do I cure it? My products doesn't, my products don't get cured for very long. My personal stuff, I don't believe in over curing. I don't think it's necessary. The testers are the crew. Uh, I feel like I answered all of the points. So big Mike, thank you, bro. Uh, I do appreciate it. Keep listening. And if you've got more questions, please do send them my way. And if uh, everybody out there, if you're not already subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do click like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. That is where this message came from. Leave some comments on the YouTube channel because that does make uh, the show move up in the algorithm. I do appreciate that sort of stuff, right? I'm digging for the next message here. Um, We're going to do this one. This is going to be a longer podcast than I had anticipated. You're welcome. You deserve it. Uh, this one came from our friend Jethro Earl 710. What up, Jethro? Thank you for the great message. This one says, hey, Rasta Jeff, feel free to use my screen name if you read this on the show. I already done that part. It says, I've been listening to your podcast for a few years now, and I have to say it's helped me get through some long work days. Bro, I know the feeling. Thank you. Um, I listen to podcasts too when I'm working, and it does make a long day go quite quickly. It says, I give it five stars. Thank you. Please uh, go rate it and review it wherever you're listening. It says, I was so excited to see you post my pictures of Orangegasm. If I'm posting your pictures, they must have been beautiful. It says, I've been wanting to ask you to do a show on photography for a while now. Maybe some simple gear to get started. What do you use? Also, some tips to make better social media posts. 
I've put in my tester application and right after you did that podcast, is there anything I could do differently to improve my chances to be selected? I'm just finishing up a run of Orangegasm. I now have Strawberry Starburst and Veg, Blueberry Butcher and Sonic Boom coming from Seeds here now. Um, then he gives us an email and then his Cannabuzz. Uh, he's Jethro Earl 710 on Cannabuzz. You guys give him a follow. Make sure you check out Cannabuzz. Then he signs it. Keep up the good work from your friend. And then he signed it with his real name, which we're going to leave out of the show. Hey, bro, thank you. This is a great message. Um, I'm going to talk briefly about cannabis photography. Before I do that, I have got to tell you honestly, straight up 100%, I do not consider myself a photographer. I have got absolutely zero photography training. I don't know what the numbers mean. I don't know what that stuff means on the camera. Basically, the way I've learned it, I got a camera, started turning the knobs. Turn one knob this way, take a bunch of pictures and start turning the knob the other way. And as it goes this way, I paid attention to the changes in my photos. Then I picked a different setting, set it all the way at one end, started taking pictures. Take a couple and switch the settings this way as I go and pay attention to the differences. Then learn how those two settings kind of work with each other. That's how I learned photography. I know that's not the way to do it, uh, but that is kind of how I learn stuff. Uh, I've been learning under the gun. I got a camera and I thought, I want to take pictures. And I started shooting pictures. They went online immediately. My photos got better. I just kept doing it as I was learning. I never stopped to like take a class or learn anything. Uh, then I ended up doing a podcast, ended up doing a video podcast. I'm learning the video production the same exact way. I produce the shows, I edit them. And then as I'm producing and editing them, I learn mistakes I made, corrections I can make, improvements I can make as I go. That is how I learned photography, video production, podcasting. That's how I learned cannabis growing. Uh, I did a lot of reading and research on cannabis growing because I was uh, completely passionate about it. But photography just came uh, kind of naturally to me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to take pictures of anything but cannabis plants and sneakers. That is what I can take pictures of. Uh, if you sign me up to be the photographer at your wedding or at a birthday party, you're going to be fucking mad because I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I honestly, I just have a good eye for the shot. I know what I want. Uh, I've looked at magazines long enough to see what works well. Uh, but honestly, I don't know what I'm doing technically. There's no schooling behind it. It's all just, hey, that's a good image. Let's catch that. So that is my disclaimer. I am not a photographer. I play with a camera. So one of the first things you said, um, let's see, one of the first things you want to know about some simple tips with gear to get started. Honest, bro, most of my photos are done with an iPhone 8 Plus. That is honest. I've got this 8 Plus and I love it for photography. It works very, it's simple. Uh, I also have a Canon um, oh, it's the Nikon D3200. Sorry, my brain farted right there. I have a Nikon D3200. That is kind of an older camera. I've got two lenses for it. One is close up and one is further away. I use the further away lens and zoom in really close and I get beautiful shots. It's a Nikon D3200, not a super expensive camera, kind of an older camera. That's what I learned with. That is how I learned how to take photos of cannabis. A lot of the stuff you see uh, from commercial grows that I post is with the Nikon D3200. Uh, now it's a very affordable camera because it's kind of old. Um, I do not use the auto settings. I've learned a couple of settings on there. Once you get uh, your aperture setting right and your ISO setting right, you'll learn exactly how to shoot in a grow room. Um, so what I'm getting at, now I've upgraded. I've actually got the, uh, the Sony A6400, which uh, takes beautiful pictures, but I prefer it for the video camera. It doesn't move a lot right now that I've got it set up in the video spot. It's beautiful, but that's what I'm using now. You don't see a lot of photos from that. Um, most of it comes from the Nikon because it's uh, it, that's actually kept near the grow space. So what I was going to get at with that, 
The most important part about your photography equipment, in my opinion, is understand the tool you have got. If you're using an iPhone, if you're using an Android phone, if you're using a Canon camera, a Nikon camera, a Sony camera, learn that device. But I don't think you uh, need a device that is above your skill level. I've got the Sony, uh, which is this one, the A6400. The A7 III would take a much better photo, a much better video, but it's got so many buttons and so many settings that I think it would just stumble me. It would trip me up and confuse me more than it would help me to be productive. I've got the highest camera that I think I could understand to be productive. In a couple of years, once I understand all these settings and tools and tricks, I will upgrade to that A7 III. By then, there'll be something better out. It'll be the a fucking 22.5 or some shit, and we'll get that one. But you see what I'm saying? Uh, just get the best tool that you can understand. I am not a professional guitar player, so I don't have fucking Les Paul guitars and amplifiers everywhere. I'm a half-assed guitar player, so I've got a Yamaha acoustic on a stand that's dusty. Get the best that you can handle. Don't get something out of your league that's going to intimidate you. Uh, cameras can be confusing if you don't know what you're doing. I honestly don't know what any of those buttons and settings mean. I had to learn all of that stuff on the fly. Um, I learned all of it on YouTube, honestly. So know, know the gear that you've got. Learn the gear that you've got the best. It's not about having the best gear. It's about mastering the gear that you do have. Um, then where are we going to go? There's a big learning curve. When you do get a new camera, you're going to think, oh, I'm going to point this camera at the fucking plants and take a picture. There are so many settings to play with, like I talked about before, that you're gonna have to figure out how to shoot in your environment. A big tip, and you can't do this everywhere. If I did this in some commercial environments, the uh, lead grower, the owner would come and throw a fucking fit. Turn off the grow lights. In my personal grow space, I unplug the grow lights when I'm taking pictures. Now it's dark in there, and I turn on a fluorescent light and we just got normal white lighting in the room. The 4800 or the 48K, 4800 Kelvin, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, that color looks really good for photography and for lighting. That's what I got going on right here. Those are at 4800K is what I believe the lighting in front of me is. The one behind me, different spectrum. Don't judge me by that one. I just did that for ambience behind me. These two in front, 4800K is where they are set. I think that's a beautiful color for photography. Uh, so just use a fluorescent light. Turn off the grow lights, use a fluorescent light in there. Um, the more lighting, the better. Um, let's talk about the shot. Um, it doesn't matter how good your gear is. If you can't frame a shot, if you don't can't get your subject right, you're not going to take a good photo. Think, look at what you're shooting. Think about the subject. Get the subject in the shot and then don't have a bunch of extra stuff in the shot. If you can clean up the background, I know where a lot of us are taking pictures in the garden. We're in the grow, so we can't just move everything out of the background. If you can move that plant in front of a background like this curtain behind me or a cool color or a contrasting color, something that's not green, if you can put it in front of black or purple or blue or something like that to make the greens and the reds pop out, that's always a good idea. And don't put it right against the background. Put it about a foot off of the background and uh, lots of lighting. But think about what's behind that picture. Do you want to see like a bunch of crates and five gallon buckets and maybe the toilet or something like that? You don't want to see all that dumb shit in the background. We want to see a beautiful, pleasing picture. Everything in the picture should catch my eye and make me go, Ooh, that's a nice shot. We don't need to see your pH pen. That's all crusty and the floor that's dirty and shit like that. Give us a pleasant shot. What's the goal of your shot? What are you trying to show me? What do you want me to see? 
As the photographer, it's your responsibility to show me what you wanted me to see. All I've got is this picture. You're not going to be there to say, look at those trichomes. If you want me to look at those trichomes, get those trichomes in the shot. That's all you got to do. The one picture is your opportunity to tell me the story. So frame it the way you want it. Get it framed up in there. Like the shot you're looking at right now, there's not a bunch of junk in the background, not a bunch of junk in the sides. If you do take a picture and there's a bunch of shit on the sides of your picture, don't be afraid to crop it. You could trim out the sides of your pictures. Like over here off camera, there's some recording equipment you can't even see. You think this room looks super clean and organized. No, there's a mess right there. You can't even see it, but we just crop it out, make it look super good and super professional. Nobody has to know about that stuff unless you tell them. So make the shot pleasing. Frame it. Have a good angle. Have a good background. Think about good colors. Uh, colors that contrast your plant. Colors that complement your plant. Uh, what are you trying to highlight? I've talked about this a little bit. Are you trying to highlight the trichomes, the colors, the leaf shape, uh, the density of the buzz? Are you trying to show me the whole plant? Get what you want in that shot. Step back. Step forward. Move around. Don't be afraid to move around in the grow. Sometimes I'll be in there hanging off of a stepladder with one foot on the stepladder and one foot against the wall, leaning up against the door, fucking precariously trying to get these shots. Get the shots you need. Get in there. Take that shot. Then when it's time, when it's possible, move that plant somewhere better so you can put it in front of a good background. Put it about a foot off of the background. Put some good lighting on it. Then start getting photos there. Um, lighting, lighting, lighting. Lighting is amazing. The more lighting, the better, in my opinion. You can't add light to a photo once you take it. You can adjust the exposure a little bit, but you can't add lighting to a photo. You can take lighting out later. So the more lighting is fucking the better, in my opinion. That's what I'm getting at. Lighting, lighting, lighting. Light it from all angles. If you can light it from the bottom up, from the back forward, from the front back, the more lighting, the better. That takes out your shadows. That takes out all the weirdness. It makes it easier to edit. Then later on, when you learn photo stacking, uh, you've just got so many more options. We're not even going to talk about photo stacking now. That's a whole other ball game. Shout out to the people who try to teach me that, that I just simply don't have the patience for it. Uh, I get it, but that's a lot of time. You photographers are crazy. Um, lighting, 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 uh, light that shit up. Uh, the 4,800 Kelvin lighting is beautiful. Put a light in front of it. Uh, maybe take a couple of pictures with your flash and see what it does. Take a couple of pictures without the flash and see what it does. You're going to notice a huge difference. If the lighting is not right, the flash is going to give you shadows. See where that shadow lies. Adjust your lighting there. I've got two lights in front of me and a light behind me for this recording. Uh, the light behind me separates me from my background. I think it gives me a little bit of depth when you put the plants uh, to the background and a light between them, it'll provide depth. It'll cut out a bunch of shadows. That'll work really well. That's a big photography secret. Put a light behind you. Um, so the beauty, the beauty about photography now, we've come a long way. We're digital. We've got memory cards. Back in the day, every photo costed you money. Costed money? Is that the appropriate? Is costed a word? I don't know. Uh, back in the day, every photo was an expense because film wasn't free. Every photo went onto a piece of film and it had to be developed in a dark room. Somebody had to go develop that film. That got expensive. That got time consuming. Now it's all digital. Now just fucking spray and pray and take a bunch of shots. Take, get the angle you want. Set your camera up where you want it. Get your subject where you want it. For this, we're just going to say that my hand right here is my subject and my microphone is my camera. Get it set up. Take a couple of shots. Chop, chop, chop. You got the shot you want, right? Now change the settings. Just change one or two settings a couple of directions. Take a couple more shots. Chop, chop, chop. Change the setting a couple more times. Take a couple more. Then when you're going through later on and looking at your photos, that one that shines for you, 
If you've got a good camera, the settings will pop up on the camera and show you what settings you use to take that photo. Now's your chance to grab a pen and write down those settings and duplicate those settings the next time you go into the grow room. Just go in there and change that setting again. Or put your camera on auto and go into the room and take a couple of shots and then once it's on auto, it's gonna adjust itself for you, find the setting you want and then kind of mimic that and play with it from there later. Uh, I like to use the macro mode on the camera. It's the one with a little tiny flower on it. It gets me nice and close, gets me some good close shots. If I'm backing up, I generally use that portrait mode. You'll learn your camera. Um, one of the funnest parts about cameras and photography is there are no rules. Uh, the only rules are like, don't take pictures of the wrong person at the wrong time and don't get yourself in trouble, you fucking creep. But the main part about photography, there's no rules. Take pictures and have a good time. You're not hurting anything. It doesn't cost you a lot. Once you got the gear, uh, the memory card is in there. Snap, snap, snap. Take a bunch of shots. Delete the ones you don't like. Repeat the process. Get better. Get more comfortable. Eventually, you'll get to where you can just walk in. You can set up your camera and you go, oh, look, there's the shot that we need. And you take two shots. You move over and you go, and you go, thank you, guys. That was $10,000. They pay you 10 Gs and you go back to your studio and you edit a couple things for a couple of seconds and you send them their fucking pristine photos. It only took you two shots because you knew exactly what you were looking for. You developed that photographer's eye. You just look at a shot and you go, ooh, that looks good right there. The way that plant shines right there, the way that leaf goes that direction and that direction. You'll learn, get this part of the plant in there and kind of crop this part out because it makes me want to see more. Get just the top of the bud in there and leave a little top for visual. Like you'll start seeing it and then you'll learn the camera setting. You'll say, oh, there's this much light in here. I want to get this much depth in here. I should use this lens. Let's go. Shebang. And you'll take two shots like a fucking sniper. Sniper gets one shot. I want two angles. Uh, we're hitting two targets here. So shot, move over, shot again, go home, make your money. So uh, I am not a professional photographer. I told you what I do. That's what you asked for. I can't teach you what a professional photographer does. I do not claim to be a professional photog. Uh, that is not what I do. I'm a guy with a camera who's passionate about cannabis, who wanted to share those photos with my friends and just learned how to take pictures because of that. So I'm going to make sure I answer the questions. What do you use? iPhone, Nikon, and a Canon. Some tips. Uh, tips for better social media posts. Uh, that's a little tiny square. What are you trying to show me in that little tiny square? If you look at most of my photos, I am a seed maker who is trying to highlight my seed brand. I'm showing you uh, the colors, the textures, the trichome level of the plants that are coming from my seeds. I try to have a good clear background without a bunch of shit in the background. Uh, good, clear, solid post that shows you exactly what you're looking at. Then I try to use somewhere between three and five hashtags. If you use the same hashtag too many times, they'll start blocking that hashtag. They'll shadow ban it. It won't get seen. So rotate your hashtags. Pick three or five and stick with them. Also, before you use those hashtags, search them. See if they have been shadow banned or blocked because they're blocking a lot of the cannabis community popular hashtags on social media now. So make sure they aren't blocked. Also, I've noticed that my stories get viewed more than my posts. So maybe post in your stories, post a post on Instagram, then share it to your story. Stories and posts with the location definitely get more views. That's something that I've noticed. Um, where are we with that? Tips for more social media. Uh, I think that's what I've got for you for the best social media post. Put in my tester application. Is there anything I could do to improve my chances? Right now I'm taking a break from selecting testers because I've got, uh, uh, I'm in over my head. I got a lot going on and I don't want to commit to sending out a bunch of test seeds to people right now. I've got enough out there. I'm getting reports. I've got enough going on, but uh, I've got you written down. I know who you are now. You are now on my radar. Radar. When it comes time to selecting testers, your name does look familiar. Uh, that does help you out a lot. And I also now I know that you're on Patreon. 
that does help out a lot as well. Uh, Jethro Earl, thank you, bro. You gave me a good question to ramble on. I hope I answered some questions. Honestly, uh, I think honesty is the best policy. I am not a trained, educated, skilled photographer. Uh, I am just, I'm an idiot with a lot of experience, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I just did it until I figured it out. I failed a few times, but the best part about failing with photography is all you got to do is delete a couple photos. Nothing went wrong. Just wasted some space on a memory card, a couple of flashes on the flash is all. So um, yeah, get experienced, get in there and take pictures and then watch the settings that work for you. Modify, repeat, uh, adjust and adapt. And most importantly, dude, have fun with it. Have fun. We've all been programmed and brainwashed to make all of our posts look exactly the same for social media. When we scroll through social media, it all looks basically the same. There's a little, we've all got the same filters. There's like a little, we're all, we've all fallen into an algorithm accidentally to make our photos pleasing and appealing for social media. Get away from that and have fun. Take pictures of what you love. Snap the images that you see. That's what, that's the beauty of the camera. You've got the camera. You get to capture what you see. So get it the best you can. Uh, it's like playing an instrument. When I first got drums, I didn't know how to say what I was thinking on the drums. I would think, and I would play it and it would say, blah, 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 blah. But now I could say, and then I could say, well, how about on top of it? And I can think it and play it now eventually you'll get the same way with your camera. You'll say, Ooh, I see that shot. I want to get lighting here. I want to get these colors. I want this texture, hit these buttons, turn this knob, zoom in, chip chop. You got it. You're ready to go. So bro, thank you for the great question. It is time for me to wrap up this long episode of the grow from your heart podcast. I want to thank you for hanging out. I had fun recording this episode. Uh, this wrap up portion of the show is brought to you by my friend, ADHD grower, big shout out to my buddy, ADHD grower. We don't have corporate sponsors here at the grow from your heart podcast. We've got friends and family that support us, and I want to make sure to give them some shout-outs. If you feel like this episode was educational, informative, and or entertaining, maybe you like to just throw me a couple of bucks because I taught you something or made you laugh a couple of times, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. And again, there is a link in the show notes and the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. If you have got any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would love to hear from you. The email address for the podcast is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Once again, we do have a website, iregenetics.com. All things iregenetics, all things grow from your heart, all things Rasta Jeff are listed right there at iregenetics.com. Please do check it out. That is all I've got for you for this episode. I want to thank you once again for listening to a long episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy North North Terps. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.